the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Prayer works. We'll take a look at that next in James chapter 5 on Times of Refreshing. From the well, Christian community here in Livermore, California, this is Times of Refreshing with our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman. Welcome to our program. We've been in James the past few broadcasts, and today we're back in chapter 5, verses 13 through 18. Prayer works. It most certainly does. And that's the focus of our time today as we take a look at just exactly what prayer is and what we actually do when we pray. Spending time with God, asking and requesting of Him. Here's Pastor Napoleon with today's broadcast of Times of Refreshing. The title of my message this morning is Prayer Works. How many believe prayer works? Prayer works. God is the God that answers prayers. When we release our prayers to God, our petitions, our intercessions, our giving of thanks... Our simple communion. When we go before God and we, and we pray to him, understand that he loves to answer our prayers. Now, you're going to see some things here that we need to do so that God will answer our prayers and we better align ourselves. But never forget that prayer works. That God is in the business of answering prayers. He loves to answer our prayers. He doesn't always do it in our timing. Because sometimes when you're praying, he's not only just preparing the circumstance and situation for you, but he's also preparing you through your prayers. And so we want to be, be a church that loves to pray, that loves to petition God, that loves to make our requests known unto God. We don't want to ask amiss. We talked about this last week. We don't want to ask amiss that we might spend it on our own pleasures or just things for our own personal preference. We want to pray according to the will of God, but understand that prayer is powerful and it works. One of the problems, it, one of the problems that we have is, is that sometimes when it comes to, and I want you to hear me, hear me here, sometimes when it comes to prayer, we're not receiving what we're looking for because the people that we're asking to pray with us, we don't see them the way that we ought to see them. The scripture says this, Jesus could not do very many miracles in his hometown because the people refused to see him for who he truly was. So, They had the ability to make requests to the Lord to go before God, but they didn't see him right, so they could not receive from him the way that they could receive from him. Well, it's the same thing with all of us here. Why ask somebody in the church to pray with you about something if you don't believe that God's going to answer their prayers? There's a faith element in all of this. And, And it's a shame that the church, instead of relying on each other through prayer, We've gone to secular means 
to handle a lot of our situations because we don't see the people in the church the way that we should see them. And I'm not just talking about the leaders in the church. The person that's sitting right next to you, if they have the Spirit of God in their life, they have a connection with God. And they have an anointing on their life. They have grace on their life. And God will answer their prayers just the same way that he'll answer my prayers. But we have to start seeing each other right and stop seeing each other from a common standpoint. You're not just a woman. You're not just a man. You are a child of God. And we all have to see each other as children of God. Now, we know that God gives us, you know, God has delegated authority to me as the senior elder in this church. And then there's an anointing and grace on my life that may be different than other people's. But we have to start all respecting each other and honoring each other because all of us have the Spirit of God in our lives. The problem with the house of God now is is that we've stopped believing in the people that God has placed in our lives within the church. We don't see them right. We have to see them right. So for all of us, I want my prayers to be answered. I want people to touch and agree with me in prayer and it to be answered. And I'm going to release my faith so that I can tap into the grace that's on their life the same way that they're going to tap into the grace that's on my life so that we can see answers to prayer. And I'm going to show you this in the scripture. This is one of the major problems, that people have more trust in some person that has, you know, gone to school and calls themselves a professional instead of trust right in people in the house of God that have the most powerful book on the planet and the anointing and grace on their life. It doesn't mean that we shouldn't go to doctors. We should. Doesn't mean that we shouldn't go to school. We should. But it does mean that I'm going to, I understand that realm, but I also understand this realm. And this realm is different than that realm. And the Apostle James, he begins to highlight this. Look what he says here in verse 13. Is anyone among you suffering? He says, let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. Now, this doesn't mean that you don't go to the doctor, but it does mean that they're going to handle one realm. You're going to handle another realm. He says here, and the prayer of faith or the prayer offered in faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth, he says, produces fruit. And so this passive scripture is very, very important for all of us here. We want to, from a secular standpoint, understand that realm and the benefit and the blessing. But when it comes to the church, we also have to understand this realm. And there's no way that we can tap into the anointing that's here if we don't see each other the right way. I keep repeating this because, saints, it's so easy to become so common with everybody in the church that you don't see them the way God sees them. 
And therefore, you don't tap into the anointing that's on their life the way God wants to release it to you. Can I have an amen? Now watch this. Hold your finger there in James, and we're going to come back, and I want to go to Matthew chapter 10. Matthew chapter 10. And listen to what Jesus says here. It's very, very important. He says in verse 40, Matthew 10, 40, it says, he who receives you, he's talking to his disciples, he who receives you receives me. And he who receives me receives him who sent me. He who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And he who receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. And whoever gives one of these little ones only a cup of water in the name of a disciple, assuredly I say to you, he shall by no means lose his reward. Look what he says. He who receives you receives me, and he who receives me receives him who sent me. This is a powerful statement. It's the power of delegation and representation. We have to see that when somebody receives you as a Christian, they're not just receiving you, they're receiving Jesus. And they're not just receiving Jesus, they're sending the Father who sent Jesus. And this is what he's saying. And so all of us, when we start looking at each other and saying, this person is a representative of God. They may not have the same title as this person or that person, but if you are a Christian, you are a citizen of the kingdom of God, and you represent the Lord Jesus Christ on the earth. And as a representative of Jesus Christ, you're not only receiving him, you're receiving the Father who sent him. And this is what he's saying. But we don't treat each other that way. We don't see each other the right way. So it's hard for me to receive something from someone if I don't believe who they really are. It's hard for me to tap into the graces on your life if I don't see them for who they really are. And so for us, it's, it's, it's great. That's my homeboy. I love him. That's my guy. I mean, I love the guy. But you know what? He's not just my homeboy. That's a man of God. That's a woman of God. That's a child of God. They represent Jesus Christ. And not only as they represent Jesus Christ, they also have the Father in their life. And so we have to reprogram ourselves. It's easy to try to bring everybody down to our level so we feel more comfortable about ourselves and not so bad about our sins and stuff we're dealing with in life. We have to get ourselves to a place where we start to elevate our view of what Christians and who Christians, true Christians, really are. They are representatives of the kingdom of God and Jesus Christ. And they are representatives of the Father in the earth. I want to treat them as such. I want to understand. We can go have fun, all the good stuff. But you know what? That person is a man of God. That's a woman of God. And so all of us have to make sure that we hold this perspective so we can tap in. He who receives you receives me, and he who receives me receives him who sent me. Look what he says in verse 41, y'all. He who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. Somebody say reward. Everybody in this room, you have a reward to bring. Look at your neighbor and say, I have a reward to give you. There's something in you that God has deposited that's, that's a part of your makeup, your spiritual DNA, the anointing, the grace, the power of the Spirit of God in your life that's in you that you have as a reward that you carry, that you bring 
that you bring to every situation that you bring. You're not just a human being. You have Jesus Christ dwelling on the inside of you. And you have the Spirit of God living in you. And when he comes, he brings a reward to share and to pour out through you to other people. Well, what happens is we have to be able to see that. As goofy as you are, as silly as you are, as, as you know, and, and, and as fun as you are, and as many mistakes you make, God's got something in you that he's deposited as a reward for other people as they see you for who you truly are. He who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet receives a prophet's reward. So if I see that person right, they bring a reward. I have, they have something to bring into my life. I want to tap into that. I want to understand that with every person and then allow God to reveal the reward they, that they come to bring. He says not only a prophet, he says he who receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man will receive a righteous man's reward. So what happens is for all of us, we have to see that this is a part of us tapping into the grace. We've got to see people right. So as we go back to the book of James, let's go back to James chapter 13, I mean chapter 5, verse 13, and let's look at this again. Let's look at this again. He says, is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. This is a part of the grace that God places on a church. If you're sick, This is the reason why we have altar calls. This is the reason why we give room at the end of the service for people to come down. So if they're sick, if they're going through, if they got problems, if they got stuff, that we as elders and ministers and and, in the church, we can pray for each other so that God would move and the power of God would be revealed. But if we're sitting there and we know that we have issues, and we know that we're sick or we got something going on and we refuse to respond to an altar call, we refuse to ask for prayer, then, then we're going to miss out on what God is trying to release. And sometimes we don't respond because we're embarrassed. Sometimes we don't respond because we don't believe that anything's going to happen. Now, we won't say that. We won't say that. But sometimes we just don't believe that anything will happen. Oh, that's just such and such. I got problems. They got problems too. I'm not, I, you know what? I'm not going to go up there and let them pray with me. I don't, want, I don't need the elders to pray for me. And we have more faith. We have more faith in the secular than we do the church and the people of God. When God is sitting there saying, I got so much this, I got so much power in this room. You know how much power is in this room right here, man? I got so much anointing and power in this room, but people don't, they don't have any faith for it. Because they don't see people right. They don't see there's a reward. And so what happens is, is for, for us, we have to stop and say, man. And I remember, my wife will tell you, when we, when we first got saved, and even now, my, man, I would be at the altar every week crying, falling out underneath the chair. They'd have to drag me out of the church. I, my, honey, am I telling the truth? I would be sitting I would. My church was in Sacramento, and I would be the first one at service driving from Alameda. 
I would beat them there. The people in Sacramento were right around the corner. They're late. I'm, I'm on time. I was so hungry and so, I, and I believe that these guys are, when they pray that something's going to happen, man. I believe this stuff, and I believe it now. That, man, that this, when you pray and the people of God, you tap into something that's on a person's life that God's going to release something. And if he didn't do it the first week, I'd go back the next week. I'm going to pray. I'm going to keep on praying. I'd pray at home, but I say, I want to pray. I'm going to go to the church and pray. And I believe God. And so what happens is, saints, now, now we know we got to work through God's purpose through everything, but there should never be a position in your life where God has to say, well, you stop believing me. You stop believing me. You stop believing me. And so for, for us, we have to, I want to, and I want to say this, I want to be in a position where God says, you know what, you kept praying and it did not matter if I answered you or not. You just kept on praying. That's what faith does. He says in verse 15, and the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise them up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. And this is another thing that happens. When we're praying and we do what we're supposed to do, we also have to check our own lives and hearts to make sure that there's nothing that we brought on ourselves that's causing the situation. Whether it is sickness, whether it is us, you know, uh, personal stuff we got going on in business, finances, whatever it is. If there's something that I need to repent of, then I need to repent of it and confess it before God. And God's going to forgive me and move me on to the next phase of my development in him. And then he says in verse 16, and this is, this is where it gets down to a little, bit, a little bit more heavy here. He says, confess your trespasses to one another. And pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. We got too many secrets in the church. Secret trespasses. Can I talk about this this morning, y'all? We got too many secret trespasses and we're, we're over here suffering. We got problems. We got issues. But we want to hide everything. And he says here, he says... Confess your trespasses one to another. There's times when we, we violate God's rule and God's law. And God is looking for us to find people that we obviously can trust. And we let people know, this is where I'm struggling, man. I just messed up. And I need God to help me. Pray with me. Help me to get through this. But if you think that you can win a spiritual battle fighting all by yourself, you've already lost. You can't beat the devil by yourself. And so that's why God places us into family and he brings us together so that we can band together and fight the enemy. Well, what happens here, he says, confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be what? Healed. That you may be healed. And then when we pray, he said the effective, fervent prayer of of a righteous man avails much. When we begin to get together and pray, and really pray effectively and do it the way that God wants us to do with passion and desire, then God begins to move. But if we think that we can just go off and hide off and get it done by ourselves, it's not going to happen, y'all. It's not going to happen. We're not going to be healed from the inside out. We're not going to see God's fullness revealed in our lives in terms of healing. 
And I see this a lot with men. Let me say this a lot with men. Men are, have allowed pride to get into their hearts where they think they have to have this macho exterior where they can't tell people, man, I'm struggling. I need help, man. Pray with me. I need God to help me. And, I, and I'm coming to you so you guys can pray with me through this so I can get through this. This is how we overcome. But secret sins destroy people's lives. And then people, at the, when, it, when we're all, we hit rock bottom, then we want to confess it. We got to be quick to confess. Can I have an amen? That's one thing I know about God. If, if you're quick to respond to God, you're going to find yourself not going into a total tailspin. If you're quick, man, I messed up on that. I got to get that right, like right now. And stop saying, well, pastor, it's so hard. Don't make excuse for yourself. Just confess your, 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 your trespasses one to another that you may be healed. And then watch God quickly get you out of the tailspin. Don't wait till it's too late. Am I preaching to anybody this morning? Don't wait till it's too late. Because once we do that, the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man, it avail, avails much. It produces greatly in our lives when we learn to do this. And then he says this. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the earth for three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. He didn't have the new covenant like we have. Jesus had not died for him yet. He didn't have the indwelling and inviting presence of redemption in the Spirit of God like we have. We have a better covenant than he had with better promises. So how much more will God respond to us when we begin to lift up our petition before him with the right condition of heart, with the right motivation, and right relationship with him? And he says he was a man just like us. But God responded to his voice. It's not in, and this is the thing I love about this, that prayer isn't some special technique. It's not some special deal that we've got to, you know, that we've got to remember. The issue here was when Elijah prayed, God had respect for Elijah. And he honored his petition and his request as it aligned with the purpose of God. And so God simply just responded to him. Sixty-some words he prayed and God shut it down. Because God respected him. And it's the same thing for us. We have to stop thinking that we have to be some special guru in prayer. We got to have some special technique. We got we to have a, this special person that has taught us how to pray. He simply just made his request before God. God shut up the heavens. And it's as simple as that. Can I have an amen, y'all? It's as simple as, Lord, will you do this? God responds. Lord, will you heal this person? God responds. Lord, will you touch this person's mind? God responds. Lord, will you help me as I touch and agree with my brother in this situation? Will you help us? God responds. Lord, will you help our country? God responds. Lord, will you help me on this job? Because these people are acting crazy. And I, I want to do something bad that I know I'm not going to do. But Lord, help me. Can I have an amen, y'all? It's as simple as that. It's not 
how many hours you prayed. It's not how the technique you have. It's not who you know. It's not all this stuff. It's simply aligning myself with God through my relationship, having an intimacy with God, and making sure that I'm praying according to the will of God, and then watching God respond. And then stepping back and giving him time to respond. But this is what has to happen, saints. It's not a special conference. It's not a special service. It's, it's as simple as that. But we don't, we don't do that because why? When it comes to touching and agreeing with people, when it comes, we don't see people. We don't believe God answers our prayers. If we believe that God truly answered our, would answer our prayers, we would pray more. But we have to get this back in the church. The church has forsaken the fundamental principles of Christian life. And we've resorted to smoke and light shows and coffee and this and pizza giveaways and all this stuff. And we've got away from just prayer. Well, thank you for joining us for Times of Refreshing with our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman. This program is the production of The Well Christian Community. And we pray today's broadcast has blessed you and has encouraged you in Christ. If it has, would you take a moment and let us know? There are several ways that you can contact us. First, by mail. The Well Christian Community. Address your envelope to 2333 Neeson Drive. That's here in Livermore. The zip code is 94551. You can also stop by our website, learn more about us, and drop us an email, thewellchurch.net. That's thewellchurch.net. And then, of course, by phone, 925-292-7800. That's 925-292-7800. As you visit our website, don't forget to look for the link to our Facebook page. And if you're on Facebook, simply search The Well Christian Community. You can even follow Pastor Napoleon on Twitter with the address at Napoleon Kaufman, all one word. Until next time, may Jesus Christ be highly exalted in your life and may he bring you a peace that passes all understanding. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.